are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to a Monday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today, NBA Wire Sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am finally back on the show. It has been a while since I was here, uh, and I, I frankly just was not uh, good about getting to the pod after the trade deadline, the All-Star break. I went down to L.A. for the All-Star break, and I just there wasn't a whole lot of games. I was down in L.A. On, starting on Wednesday night, so I didn't have any of my potting equipment for that great Golden State victory. And also, you know, I'm just going to level with you. You know, the, the trade deadline... And the All-Star break and all that stuff kind of took a lot out of me. I took a little bit of a, a break from the pod. I just needed a little bit of a breather because uh, you know, I, I have a regular job and then I also have uh, all this stuff that I'm doing and it, it kind of just took a lot out of me. So uh, I, I took some time off, stepped away. Uh, hope, you know, I didn't lose too many of you. Uh when I, I, I took that break, I, I'm sorry I didn't announce anything, but there's, there's no good way to announce these things. I guess uh, I'll do that next time. But uh, yeah, definitely the All-Star break, the trade deadline, and, and covering the Cavs also you know, on, on LeBron Wire. Just an endless stream of content and drama and all that. So, uh, you know, not woe is me. Yeah, I know that a lot of people have uh, a lot harder things to deal with, but uh, that's just my piece on not being here for the pod. And a great stretch it was for the Portland Trailblazers while I was gone from the podcast. I watched all the games. Uh, that that did not change. I was just not doing a podcast after. But uh, we will have a recap of Portland's. Last couple of games, starting with their Phoenix win on Saturday night. Then we'll also talk about how great Damian Lillard has been over the last six games, and including the All-Star game as well, which he had a great showing in, and probably would have been MVP had Team LeBron not snatched victory at the very end. And then we'll look ahead at this three-game homestand, which starts tomorrow against the Sacramento Kings. And last time the Blazers faced the Kings, Dame had 50 in three quarters. So we're going to talk about the last couple of games the Blazers had. First, they begin their road trip with, uh, it was a two-gamer, back-to-back. They go to Utah, and they beat the Jazz to end their 11-game win streak. The Jazz, who beat Portland on the Sunday before the All-Star break, was a disappointing loss. I thought it was one of those losses that, you know, everybody around here was really upset about, thought they should have had as great as the Jazz were playing, and they were playing great. They beat some really good teams over that stretch, Toronto, Golden State. No one wants to lose to a team who's outside of the playoff race, and 
Portland did that on that Sunday before the All-Star break. And then being the Blazers, they, of course, beat the Warriors the following game, the day before the All-Star break, when Kevin Durant had 50 points, I believe it was, uh, by the end of the night. And and that about that, that final stretch before the All-Star break, for me, and for those of you who have listened to me throughout the season, you know that I, I have been kind of on this, is that anytime you think you know or have a conclusion to make about the Portland Trailblazers, they always give more evidence to the opposite side of the discussion. So after the game against Utah, everyone was super down. It was trade everybody. They should trade CJ in the summer. They need to rebuild. This team is going to be stuck here forever, et cetera, et cetera. Like all, all, all the same stuff that happens when they lose. But then, of course, they beat the best team in the league, the defending champs and the, the major favorite to win the championship when their second best player or best player, depending on who you are, if you're a Steph guy or a KD guy, uh, scores 50 points. And, and then they were able to beat them. So uh, kind of a perfect encapsulation of their pre-All-Star schedule in those last two games before the break. And then they come back after the break where in the past two seasons, the narrative has been Dame is really upset that he didn't make the All-Star game. He's going to go on a tear. He's going to be taking things to uh, another level to prove that he should have been there. This year, that narrative is a little different. Because Dame not only made the All-Star game, but showed out in the All-Star game with almost an MVP performance. And he had a solid game against the Jazz, but C.J. McCollum with some big shots late down the stretch as the Jazz tried to rally. Portland was leading for most of the game, and they were able to get out of Utah with a win, which is not easy. Portland lost at Utah earlier this year, so and they just lost to the Jazz uh, like 10 days before they played again in Salt Lake City. So uh, Dame and, and the guys go in there, get a nice win to end Utah's 11-game winning streak, which was super impressive and a nice notch on their belt, especially coming out of the All-Star break. On paper at the end of the season, if the Jazz don't make the playoffs, that's not going to look quite as great. But it, it was a big win, and it was an impressive win, just knowing how well Utah had been playing and how well they had been playing again, how well they just played against the Blazers. So Portland gets a nice win against the Jazz in Utah. And then they go to Phoenix, which the Suns, not a good team, one of the worst teams in the league. They're currently the leaders in the clubhouse for the highest odds to get the number one pick. So they're not exactly, uh, you know, it's not exactly a quality win, but. 82 game schedule, 82 game season, back to back, things catch up with you, and sometimes you'll get a team on a night that is playing well, or you're not playing quite as well as you should against a team that is inferior to you, and that's kind of what happened for three quarters and part of the fourth quarter in Portland's win against the Suns. They were being outplayed throughout the game, kind of reverse. Uh, situation to the one that they had against Utah, where against Utah they were leading most of the way, they had played pretty well throughout and had to hold off a late rally 
against the Suns, it was the other way. Portland was down by double digits throughout the game. They were struggling. They couldn't get anything to go, but you know, you could see that there was a little bit of hope there because the the guys hadn't really shot the ball that well. And they're playing the Suns, who are one of the who are the worst team in the league right now. So you knew they had a chance to get back into the game and Damian Lillard almost single handedly got them back into the game ended the game with a game-winning layup with 0.9 seconds left. How poignant is that? He had 19 in the fourth quarter and basically took over the game. CJ also hit some big shots down the stretch, it should be said. He had nine points, uh, an ongoing theme, which we'll talk about in the next segment. But Portland gets a win, 106-104, thanks to Damian Lillard. And uh, another thing, too, in, in the last couple of games is Portland, well, it, it changes on a nightly basis. Here's the thing. You know, Portland down the stretch, they had Evan Turner in against the Jazz. Then they go with Harkless and Aminu down the stretch against the Suns. And I think there's just going to be back and forth, whoever the hot hand is, whether it's Turner, whether it's Harkless. I think that's going to be a ro- – or, or Pat Connaughton even. I, I think there's really going to be a rotating – that's just a rotating door of guys – that are going to be playing in that three spot down the rest of the season because I don't think either one of them has really set themselves apart as the clear-cut best guy in that spot. And Terry Stotts is really good at writing the hot hand. One of his mentors, Rick Carlisle, the head coach of the Mavericks, also really uh, well-known for writing the the hot hand playing the lineups that are playing the best at the moment and not necessarily you know being married to a rotation a, a, a closing five and I don't I don't think Portland has that they've got Dame and CJ that you know will be out there and you've got Aminu who I think you know will always be out there but you know the the rest of the crew whether it's Ed Davis Nurkic at center or Mo Harkless Evan Turner Pat Connaughton, or even Shabazz Napier as a, as a third guard, they can go in a lot of different directions, and I think that's going to continue all season long. So I wouldn't say that they've settled on a lineup just because they finished the game on Saturday with Harkless, because on Friday they finished it with Turner. So uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch, but I don't think anything's going to change on that front. I think it's just going to be, it's going to the the constant will be change if that makes any sense. So we're going to talk about Dame in a second and how great he's been over this stretch. But just wanted to let you know that if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Blazers is listened to by 98% men and 80% men between the ages of 18 and 44. So. If that's your demographic that you want to target, this is your spot. And our rates are reasonable, so email us at LockdownBlazers at gmail.com or Eric.Gunderson89 at gmail.com if you're interested in sponsoring the show. So we're going to now look at Damian Lillard's great stretch, and after that we're going to look ahead at an important three-game homestand with two very crucial games starting with Tuesday against the Sacramento Kings. I guess at this point in the season, every game is crucial. I guess I'm being redundant when I say that, but there's some games that have even more weight, not the Sacramento one, uh, that, but there are some games that carry even greater importance 
for the Trailblazers here on this upcoming three-game homestand. But we're going to talk about Dame Lillard and his monster, monster tear as of late. The Blazers have won five of six games, and the one loss came when Dame had 39 points at home against the Utah Jazz. He didn't get much help otherwise, and he's just been phenomenal. And and, and you throw the All-Star game in there, and it's been really special. And and Dame, Dame does this. Uh, every year, and I don't think it's something that we should take for granted. It's something we should note. It's something we should talk about. And and this is one of those stretches that I think a lot of people have been waiting on for him. And and, and this this recent stretch, he's really just taken it upon himself. He's he's taking the ball to the rack more. He's shooting more. He's shooting more three pointers. He's looking more aggressive off the catch. And you know he was hurt for a little while. I'm, I'm sure he's kind of excited to to get back to things. And he also stopped being a vegan because it, he was losing too much weight. Uh, he he's kind of had to change his diet. And I think now that he's healthy again and, and, and feeling stronger, I think we're seeing that in his play. And we're also seeing, I think, a trend continue of Dame's career where in the second half of the season, he really steps his game up. He really knows how to turn it on in the second half of the season. I think that's when we see Dame's conditioning uh, shine through. He's, he's huge about it. He's really, really focuses on his conditioning year in and year out and I think that's one of the reasons why he's able to finish seasons so strong and here you know about 60 games into the season here he is having a monster stretch of the season and he's getting better well you know you could say you can see a lot of guys maybe hitting a little bit of a decline you see teams tanking you see teams slowing down getting tired and and Dame is getting stronger as the season goes on. He's had a great February overall, but these last six games have been even more special than that. They include his 50-point game against the Kings. So Dame has been averaging 30, almost 36 points per game. Let's we're gonna round up today. 36 points per game over the last six games for Damian Lillard, shooting 47% from the field, 36% from three. You know that number doesn't sound that great, but He's shooting nine three-pointers a game, which is the most he's been shooting in any month in terms of his three-point attempts. So he's he's getting shots up, he's getting to the rack, he's getting his threes up, and, and he's been more aggressive this month. And I think that's one thing to look at is he's been a little bit less passive. And, and Dame is a guy who really prides himself on playing within the system, playing within the confines of Terry Stotts' offense, and, and really you know, facilitating and do, doing a lot of the, the, the right team things, but he has also taken it upon himself to shoot the ball more and be more aggressive, using more possessions and, and, and using his scoring talent to kind of lead the way, which has, has changed things for the Blazers. And I, I think in, in some ways too, I think it, you see him kind of understanding where their team is at right now. I think a lot of times you saw him make sure to get Nurk involved, feed the ball to him, get him the ball on the post, get the ball to guys that, you know, other guys outside of CJ basically to create. But I think what we're seeing here is he recognizes, and rightfully so, that, you know, calling his own number is going to work. And obviously, you know, it's more complicated than that. Dame is not just putting his head down. They run plays for him. They, they have sets in there for him. But he he's really taking it upon himself to 
elevate his level of scoring to put more of the onus on himself to get this team going offensively, which they've had their struggles this year. And I think this is, you know, he, he does this sometimes where he needs to put the team on his back for a series of games and really elevate them. And this second half of February really has been fantastic for the Blazers. As I mentioned, they've won five of six, but those are their only five wins in the month of February. So they're five and four in the month, and Dame has been excellent for all of February, but he's really taken things to another level in these last few games. And in turn, it has helped the Blazers big time where in a in a playoff race now that is pretty wide open. Now, there's been some some injuries there's also been some updates on injuries that could change things but as it stands right now Portland is in the mix for potentially the third seed in the Western Conference San Antonio right now has a one and a half game lead over them for third with Minnesota right behind the Spurs they're tied basically and so Portland now in a, in a different situation because there are some questions about Kawhi Leonard and, and his return, though it sounds a little bit more optimistic today that he might come back for the Spurs. But Portland is really within striking distance, which they have been all season long. They've been in the mix, and there are a couple more teams that are still in the mix as well, trying to make the playoffs with Utah and the Clippers charging behind the Denver Nuggets and Oklahoma City. So there are some some lots of teams and this is a really interesting playoff race because Houston and Golden State are basically in their own tier and then you've got San Antonio, Minnesota, Portland, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Denver, the Clippers and the Jazz all that's that's three through ten are all in the mix right now so you go all the way down to to Utah and they're only four and a half games out of third so uh Portland's in a really, really important spot, and you can see Dame kind of responding to that pressure, responding to that situation by putting the team on his back, leading them, and, and scoring a ton of points. And, and even in a situation like you had on Saturday night in Phoenix where the Blazers clearly don't have it as a group, they're tired after playing in Utah the night before, and Dame brings them back basically single-handedly to win that game and, and those are the types of wins the Utah one was great but but those are really the types of wins when it it looked like a loss and Dame completely salvages the game those are the types of games that when we look at the standings in mid-April and we start to to look at playoff matchups we can start to, we can remember some of those moments like that game in Phoenix especially if the Blazers finish where they want to finish in the standings, that got them in that place. And it starts with Damian Lillard getting them there. And uh, it, it, it's always special to watch Dame. And, and this is another one of those great stretches. And it, it's not over yet. The Blazers have a big three-game homestand coming up here. And we're going to talk about that in a second, previewing the teams that Portland is facing, starting with the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday night. So, big three-game homestand coming up here for the Portland Trail Blazers. Damian Lillard is on a tear. They've won five of six, and now they come home. But home, it's been a little complicated for the Blazers. It has not been just a you know, guaranteed bank in wins. They've gotten better as of late, but uh, they need to do a much better job 
protecting home court. They've done a better job of that as of late, but that loss to Utah, that hurt, and they've got three games here where, you know, if they hold serve, they could they can have a, a six-game win streak. Obviously, that's looking far down the road, but with the rest of the Western Conference bearing down on their neck, Portland's in fifth place right now, but the, the rest of the conference is right on them, so if they don't take care of business, th- this homestand that looks like a, a positive thing for the Blazers on the schedule could could turn very bad, and Portland could be uh, down in the eight spot by the time uh, the the homestand is over if they don't take care of business. So that business starts Tuesday at home against the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are. Part of the, 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 the great tank-off of 2018, there's tons of teams, Suns, one of them, Memphis, Dallas, the Nets, Atlanta, Orlando, Chicago, tons of teams that are vying for the odds to have the, the, the best to have the best odds to get the number one pick. This is it's gonna be really interesting stuff. The Kings obviously have no incentive to win. They have lost three games in a row, but they do have a lot of young players that are going to be eager to prove themselves at the NBA level and will want to show what they can do. So you have the the, the Kings who, I mean, they're basically they're kind of like the mix between like a prep school and a retirement home because you've got Vince Carter and Zach Randolph basically getting paid to retire for the Kings, which is, you know, good for them. Great work if you can get it. Uh, then they have De'Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, Bogdan 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 Bogdanovic, excuse me. Uh, he's He was the Rising Stars MVP. I really like his game. He was really nice in the game where I watched, I, of course, you know, I watched a lot of League Pass, okay? So I, yeah, I watched the Kings beat the, the Warriors, and I, I don't think... The, any of the major, major Warriors played in that game, but the Kings still won, and, and Bogdanovich looked good. So Bogdanovich, probably the guy to watch for Sacramento if you are the Blazers in terms of their defensive focus, and that game is going to be important just because it's a game on the schedule and the Blazers are in a playoff race, a seeding race right now where every game matters. And also, it should be said, Probably some potential for a track game. Damian Lillard, especially at this stage of the season, usually good at, at seeing those on the schedule, knowing when those are coming. So I expect the Blazers will be ready, especially now that the post or the pre-All-Star has ended. The The finish line is in sight and the playoffs are in sight. So the, this is the same Blazers team that finished the season strong last season. Obviously, Nurkic fever had a lot to do with that but dame was also excellent and 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 i think you you could definitely see this because there has been a trend at least since damian lillard and terry stotts were here that you know they finished the season strong except for dame's rookie year when they lost 13 games in a row but that uh the blazers have finished strong with dame and and stotts usually that is the case so I think they'll be ready to take care of business tomorrow, but that game is not going to take care of itself. The Blazers will have to uh, bring it. Then they've got Minnesota on Thursday, which is a very big game because the Wolves, if they win that game, will lock up the season series tiebreaker, which 
could come into play later if the teams are tied. Now, uh, there are some other tiebreakers there that don't help Portland. One of them is division record, where the Wolves are already 9-2. and two. Portland is 5-6 and six in the division, so that is not good. So Portland needs that game. Also, they can knock them down in the standings, get a full game up on Minnesota if they can take care of business against the Wolves, who do not have Jimmy Butler, as Butler tore his meniscus on Friday night, and he's going to be out at least four to six weeks, could be out longer than that, maybe the rest of the season. It, it, it depends on how they proceed, how they decide to bring him back, but lots of uncertainty with the Wolves, and if you're the Blazers looking at a potential playoff matchup, I, and and there's no Jimmy Butler. I think the Wolves are uh, a mark for them because I, I I without Jimmy Butler, I am not really scared at all of Minnesota. I love Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's great. I, I do like Andrew Wiggins as well. Although you know he he's had his ups and downs, and and so does Towns. But they don't really scare me all that much. They have the pressure of an entire fan base that hasn't been to the playoffs in 13, 14 years weighing on them. They do not know what the playoffs are like. As as many big games as these guys have been in, the NBA playoffs are a different animal. Jeff Teague is a, is a solid point guard, but I don't think he, he's... I'm definitely not going to put him over Dame or CJ and, and Portland could have the, I mean, right now, Portland would have the best player in that series at, with Damian Lillard. And so I, if I'm Portland, I'd like to see Minnesota. And, and, and this is the type of game, too, where they can get a win and get ahead in the standings, but also potentially set up a matchup down the line if Minnesota can hold on to where they are and, and Portland jumps them, setting up a matchup where Portland can be the home team in a 4-5 series against the Timberwolves. So, that is is a huge game. Minnesota is is actually you know doing okay. They're treading water. They just won the other night, so they're not done yet. But without Jimmy Butler, they are significantly less scary. And I, I do think that is worth noting. And and this game for the standings for the fact that they could potentially match up in the playoffs. I think this is a huge huge matchup. And then the Blazers finish their homestand their three-game homestand with another big game against another team that they're going to be fighting with for playoff positioning down the stretch with the Oklahoma City Thunder coming to town on Saturday. So that is going to be a really key matchup once again. Blazers, OKC, Portland has won twice already against the Thunder, both at home and once on the road without Damian Lillard, which was uh, one of the most impressive wins of the year in Oklahoma City. And, and this is going to be another game where Portland has a lot riding on the game, not just it being another game, but also potential for the standings. They could win the season series against Oklahoma City, and they can also help themselves with their division record in both of these games, which I know that everyone says, you know, everyone's like abolished conferences, and, and they've already kind of abolished, the, or not abolished, they've kind of already diminished the value of divisions, but when it comes to playoff tiebreakers, division record still matters, so that is going to be the ultimate tiebreaker before a season series, actually, so, so this is going, both of these games are going to matter a lot, the Oklahoma City game and Minnesota 
this week. So a big week ahead for the Blazers with games starting on Tuesday at home. Then they have Thursday against Minnesota, and then they have Saturday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Those last two huge games with playoff implications, and then you have the Kings coming in with a a young group that we hear about it all the time in the NBA, a young team, unexpected win. It happens all the time. So a big, big homestand for the Blazers here as we start the week. Thank you for sticking with us if you were with us today. Sorry about the layoff, but we will be back doing regular podcasts this week and through the rest of the season. So thank you for sticking with us on Lockdown Blazers. We're going to have Corbin Smith on later on in the week. So keep it locked here. Tell your friends. And we will be back with you once again later on this week with another edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.